podcast dedicated to the Hunger Games series by Suzanne Collins. Happy New Year, guys. Matt and Kira here from Netlock Podcast. Uh, along with our two guests hosts today, this is Mariah and Diana. Say hi, guys. Hey, guys. Hi, guys. So, you, if you remember, Mariah was on episode 7 with us, and then Diana came on on episode 11. So 12. Mariah, I thought it was 8. No, 12. no 11. No. 12 was the Christmas I'm one. sorry. Oh, guys. 12 was Christmas. Yeah, sorry, 11. You're right. So, they're back today, and we got a lot of fun stuff planned for you guys. A lot of new stories analyzed in chapters 19 and 20. My favorite chapters. Featuring uh, the, a new Hunger Games song, Safe and Sound. Um, and also, just to remind you guys, Squarespace, who is the website that we're partnering with that um, is hosting our website, um, is offering a free trial for you guys. You can go to squarespace.com slash nightlock. There is a 12-week trial for your... Two-week trial. Not two. Like, two. two. like two. I, the number that comes like afterwards right there. Yeah. I can't... Yeah. <laughs> Two-week trial. Two-week no. for your own website. Uh, no experience is necessary for to set it up. Uh, they've helped you throughout the entire process. And it's actually, it looks very professional if you guys go onto a website. It doesn't look like it was done by two teenagers. It looks very professional done. Yes, for done. businesses, blog, or even a podcast. So. <laughs> and now we're going to move on to our Mock and Mail segment. Um, let's have Mariah read this one. What? No, actually, Diana's read reading this. Oh. Matt. Ma- Mariah can read the next oh, one because this is really, really guys. long. Diana right. volunteered. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Sorry. but if you're, if you're going to comment on it, say that you're not reading anymore or something. You All know right. what I mean? Because you're right. going to have, like, a freak out moment, so. Will I? All right, oh, just you'll have I probably will. Moment. Okay. <clears throat> Hello, Kira and Matt. First of all, I love the podcast. It's great. It brightens up my weekend. I thought... Stop moving it down. I can't I'm read it. I'm reading it. You can't move it down while I'm but, trying to read Okay. Shut up, Matt. I didn't say... <laughs> I thought that the music from The Last Airbender, which you played on episode 11, could be used to build tension, perhaps when Katniss is hiding in the tree and Foxface pops up. It was sinister and created an eerie atmosphere. I think that it would keep the audience on the edge of their seats. On episode 11, I think this quote from John Green would have been very appropriate when Diana decided to insult your listeners, us nerds, saying, I notice your... Okay, quote, this is John Green speaking... Saying, I notice you're a nerd, is like saying, hey, I notice that you'd rather be intelligent than be stupid, that you'd rather be thoughtful than be vapid, that you believe that there are things that matter more than the arrest record of Lindsay Lohan. (laughs) That is so great. That is a great quote. In response to your 12th episode, I agree with what you said about the Church of England and how they want you follow their religion. Since I live in England, I've experienced this. For example, when I left my primary school, I was given a Bible. Then in year 7, 6th grade... Everyone at my school was given a book with excerpts from the Bible in it. But the main one was when I had to go to church on a Sunday every week just to get into my primary school. I believe you should be able to have your own religion, but you shouldn't force it upon others. And I believe that the capital could impose a religion upon people if they wanted to, but I don't think they would. As the people in the capital are very vain and materialistic and often join a religion, they would have to lose some of their lavish lifestyle, which I doubt that they would do. But religion can sometimes cause conflicts between people in the capital, would probably, and um, the capital would probably want to prevent this. Also, I would like to thank you because you helped me with my drama coursework by playing the Indiana Jones theme. Thanks. That was us humming it. Rachel <laughs> Gale, UK. First off, it's awesome that her last name is Gale. Yeah. But just Quite wanted definitely. to say. And I don't know why she thinks I was insulting people by calling them nerds. You kind of were. I said people should be proud. I think that's a quote from what I said. Okay, I people yeah. should be proud. I don't know. I'm <laughs> you such did a- say people should be proud. 
I don't know. I'm <laughs> so immersed in nerdfighteria that I sometimes forget that the word nerd is not a compliment. No, I think I it is. Yep. But yeah. No. All right. Anyway. Well, I no one knows what nerd is, but I am yeah. such I know, a fan. I do, I do. Oh, oh, I, I do. I'm not here. immersed in it as others are. I'm just skimming the surface I'm of so nerdfighteria, ex- but... Um, yeah. I'm so excited, yeah. actually, yeah. that she had that quote from John Green, because I love John Green so much. If you guys haven't read Looking for Alaska, best book... His brother Hank Green has a pretty amazing Hunger Games makeup tutorial on YouTube. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. You should check it out. Kira didn't know in. something about the Hunger Games? Oh, what? what is this? Marvels. Marvels. Alright. Alright. And I like that religion just was pretty say interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, going back to the email, not getting too off task, as we will all episode. She was talking about um, the Church of England, and we brought that up on our last episode of 2011. And um, so I thought that was interesting that like we got her insight because she lives in the UK. And it's pretty cool. Pretty cool just for us Americans. Cool. Yes. It's kind of nice to see like the different, what she has different religiously than what we have here. Was that basically what you just said? All right. I don't know. Well, <laughs> private, we have religious private schools all over. Yeah. But did, think, did yeah. she mean that that was, like, a public school? No, or? primary school is, like, elementary school. No, I know, but, like, does that... Is she talking about she was trying to get into, like, a private school or a public school? No, she... Let's scroll up. Um, no, uh, for... She had to go to church to get into her primary to school. Go to go to church on Sunday every, to get well, into that her primary school. That doesn't it doesn't sound, say if it's it could private be, or, It could be a religious school. I don't feel like school. that would be a public school. Yeah, I was going to say. Especially since really England is a lot more liberal than us, Yeah. so... So the next is actually from our forums. Um, this person sent it in. Um, so, Mariah, you wanted to take that? That I said, I love the books because they, in a sense, terrify me. I listened to an interview with Collins when she talks about how the idea came to her for the series. As she explained how her reality was skewed by her being tired and the two shows ran together, I really seemed to grasp the place she came from when writing this. As an avid Big Brother fan, I just kept thinking how eerie and ironic the whole thing was. Here I sit every summer watching 12 strangers move into a house and complete, oh, compete, sorry, to, and compete to become the last player standing. Sound familiar? How is it really such a big stretch to think that this could happen if certain things fall into place? Every week people tune into their TV to watch stars dancing, teens as mothers, people raised around the world, and too many others. Americans eat up reality TV. I enjoyed this show. Thanks for all your hard work, Emily. <coughs> I read that kind of slow. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, but like, that is so true, though. Yeah. Like, ever, which, well, what's wrong with reality TV, you guys? But like, personally, it's reality, disgusting. Reality yeah, TV, but like, we all uh, watch it, but it's disgusting. It really is. And we watch it for our amusement, even though it can be emotionally degrading for the person. Off Jersey Shore. No, it's, I mean, like, if person, like, for example, like the teen mothers. Yeah. Like, you know how they, they almost glorify it, though. Like, girls are like, I want to be like them. Like, I don't think yeah. so. Um, no, they can I be mean, called all different names because of the, their teen mothers. Like, I it's feel, so stereotyped and just well, no, well, self esteem. I, I feel like, like uh, I kind of like this. <coughs> Obviously, tons of stuff on that is staged, but it's. Yeah. Because it's, I think, so much more realistic than normal TV. I don't know. You, you can sympathize with these people, you know? It kind of allows you to... No. What? <laughs> what? No, I don't sympathize with that. I feel like it's more... 
yes, the TV shows like Toddlers and Tiaras and which are okay. Anyways, but that's so reality TV. It still falls under the category, even though it is disgusting. I feel like it's more disgusting to see that like millions of people are watching this, like as a reflection. It's like if you don't like the TV show, like I don't like TV shows like that, so I don't watch them. Like I feel like the moms are annoying. Whether they're teen moms or dance moms or whatever kind of moms are out all there, moms. all no, not my mom's great, but <laughs> these reality TV show characters because they really are characters because they're scripted so much. But like, if you don't like it and if you don't approve of it, don't watch it. Like that's if you don't like what's going on because you're only supporting it when you watch it. So yeah. I don't watch them most times <laughs> unless like I, I don't slip know. once in a while. Yeah, like, I slip once in a while. It's kind of like a lose-lose, too, because the people on these shows are being so degraded, and, like, they're going to yeah. go down in history as... But they also think they're getting paid for TV. Yeah, yeah. So and it's like, it's by you watching it, it, you're basically, like... It all comes like, back to profit. Paycheck. Like, it's all money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the only reason why they did it was because of profit. So, if you don't like reality TV stars that are vapid and... Nice! Just... John Green said it. Oh, vapid uh, and other things, if you don't like people like that, don't support them and That's my biggest it. problem with reality TV, because, like, think of, like, Snooki. Okay? Yeah. No one has any respect for her, and so, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sure there's much more to Snooki. I mean, I'm sure she's been through her times, yeah. but no one is ever going to see her like that just because of her show. But now, seeing that she, I feel like she's getting, like, positive reinforcements, like, hey, I get millions and millions of dollars if I act like a complete idiot and talk about the stupidest things and am really superficial. So, yeah, there might have been something under there, and she might have been like, oh, I want to read a book today, but that's been <laughs> totally lost because people say, oh, no, we really like this character when you're all tan and you like all these, like, really buffed up men. GTF. We like that. So, like, I see what you mean. I, yeah, I get right. passionate about this. <laughs> I see many hours thinking about this. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Matt, you want to take the next email? I can't pronounce the name. I know. I emailed her, asked her for... Eren... What did she say it was? She she didn't email me back yet, so... Well, aren't Z's often pronounced like Z's? Uh, Sorry. (laughs) X's are pronounced... (laughs) X's are pronounced like Z's in names a lot of times. Like Xavier, like... True. Z, Z, yeah. Okay. Okay, we'll just read the email and spell her name. All right. Hi, I just started listening to your podcast a couple of weeks ago, and so far I love it. A couple of episodes ago, I heard you mention Hamish's name. H. H. H, sorry. <laughs> a lot of people think that he's in his 50s or 60s, but actually he's only 40 in the first book. In Catching Fire, they mentioned that Hamish was around 16 when he was chosen for the second quarter quell, and the first book takes place in the 74th Hunger Games. Just thought I'd mention it. Love your show. P.S. You have lots of fans in Hawaii. I live there, so I know. Oh, my God! That's so awesome. Maybe we should come and visit. Who's that email by, Matt, there? I'm really good at pronouncing names, but I really can't pronounce that. Sorry if we garble it. Wait, Erinsa? Maybe? Erinsa. Google Translate. No, It's not. You can't translate from You can do English English. Shut up, Matt. Oh, God. Okay. All right. Thank you for sending in that email. It's, um, well, I think that now. the I think reason a- people think that Hamish is so much older is because he's been so aged by like all he's been through, and he yeah, has such a drinking problem. So he probably yeah. his mental age is a lot more than yeah. his age. He looks and acts and probably thinks a lot older than his years. That's like yeah. what happens to smokers. Like if they after smoking yeah. for years yeah. on end, they just like look aged and like worn out. So I think that's like 
Yeah, because the first one, Woody Harrelson was cast, so I was like, all right, his age is like okay for you know, because he's had a long career and everything. They're gonna have to really work to make him look as banged up. I don't like his long blonde. Yeah, like you can see the poster. My oh, it's not up there. Um, he's on the other side. Um, yeah, like he has that luscious hair that just doesn't make sense. But um, yeah, I mean this. I never. I, I always thought of him. I mean, come on, guys need to understand that they're not going to follow it exactly like. I know everyone has different pictures of the characters, so it's like yeah. characters are alright, but they better stay true. To I the mean, plot. they're probably going to say. I mean, they're going to say true to the some the plot and everything, but it's like it's how the director and maybe like the, maybe that's how Susan Collins actually portrayed him. I hope she's like strict about it. Like okay. she better be. Like, I mean, she's writing most of the scripts, so it should be, be like, pretty good. Like what author thing do you know? where they changed the whole last movie. Okay, well, jumping into another segment, (laughs) cutting Diana off, the theme of the episode. Um, So this is Pan and Post, and this is news brought to you by the Hunger Games fan sites, HungerGamesMovie.org and HGGirlOnFire.com, where you can get up-to-date news coverage about the fandom, especially the upcoming film. So our first news story, either pathetic or... No, no, it's just pathetic. Um, Landscape has produced, or they're in the process of producing trading cards, water bottles, and nail polish. Too much. Too much. <laughs> I'm going like, to say too much. I don't feel like the people who are really into the Hunger Games are going to want that type of stuff released. Like, they're Again, not going to buy it. Yeah. That goes back to the reality TV show thing. If you don't like it, if you don't support it, don't buy it. Yeah. Don't then buy again, it. all for money. All for money. Yeah. yeah. Like I, mean, I mean, I mean, obviously what? they're going to make so much money from the movie, but yeah. still, it's like... But merchandise, like, you look at other fandoms, most of their money is made through the merchandise. But... It's like yeah. buy, buying your movie but ticket like, is not that much. Like with Harry Potter, oh, I'm gonna mention Harry Potter again. Like the stuff that they have, like wands, capes, that, that's like directly related. Right. It's like nail polish. Like okay, water what? bottle. I mean, I mean what? it would make sense if they have like. It's just like taking a normal thing and putting the words the Hunger. No, Games it, on it. they have a water bottle and they have the Hunger Games logo on it. That's that's it's it. They not paste it. They literally I mean, just do that yourself with a sharpie. Like I mean, yeah. it makes sense if they had like Mockingjay merchandise or like Finnick mm-hmm. O'Dare's like Trident or something like that. Right. Oh my gosh, I want one of those. No illusions. They, uh, other books. No, jeez, you people way a character. Hey, hey, no one knows. Who no, he didn't say anything about it. No, it's, it's, as long as it's general stuff. So. All right. It just reminds um, me of Shrek produced like nail polish, like Shrek nail polish, and that's oh, like right. once they went way downhill. Uh, yeah, so. I feel like Capital. I guess it's closer. Like I feel, and like it's, it's called Colors from the Capital, and it has Effie Trinket as the um, kind of poster girl for it. And oh, the right. posters are pretty cool. I gotta say, and I'm not a girly girl, and they seem Definitely. interesting. Well, we know but that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry, yeah. I so that. yeah, so <laughs> but I, I, I thought the trading cards were interesting though, because that could, you could add to your collection. You know, like some people um, might do. Uh, the line needs to be drawn somewhere. I'm just going to say I that. Like I know. I'm not going to buy the water bottle. Mom, right? Just go to Lionsgate. So listen, bud. You can't do this. Yeah, you can't right. do this. So that. overall... Come on, get out of here. So guys, overall, do we think this is positive or negative? Negative. 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 All right. Over the line. Although I might buy some nail polish. No! <laughs> Bad Diana. Bad Diana. <laughs> no, it's okay. I have enough already. Go in the corner. All right. So our next news story is um, there are a lot of new images, including a new poster. Ooh. Um, and that was in celebration of 100 days until the games began. Part of this was fans had to literally piece together 100, like, online pieces I think, of I think, poster. like, Will was talking about it. I think what they had to do... From well, HungerGamesMovie.org. I was just going to say that. Um, I think it was like they had to look through the website and find the puzzle pieces, maybe. Right. Correct. It was that. And they had to send them in and, like... Not send, no, not they just send had to, like, like, click them, and then it would, like, attach... I think so, yeah. I think, because everyone had their own individual poster. And then eventually, like, when, when Will found when Will found it out, like, 
You know what's then like, you it's post okay. it on your homepage. You know, like in Pottermore, you had to find the magic quill and everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was, okay. it's probably no more of, Harry Potter <laughs> references. I'm sorry, I think probably, we've gone like it was probably like know. that. Well, Kara's saying that. I know. So intense. That's actually kind of really cool. Um, is, so, what do you guys think? Like, first of all, how do you think? No, not how. Well, what's on the new poster? This is the poster. Oh, well, that's awesome. <laughs> I think it's this. cool, but then it's a little like bittersweet because I didn't like, like that's not how my world was. Yeah, in my head. but it, like I'm not mad at anyone. It's just like it's I mean, it's the movie thing. angle. Yeah. It's got to be all Hollywood. But um, I mean, what do you guys think about having Lionsgate having fans like find all the pieces online? Do you think that's that was like cool. a good strategy or? Uh, yeah, I like it. I think it made it kind of interactive. Yeah. Like, yeah. Get yeah. the fans involved. Twilight never had anything like that. Yeah. So, same. <laughs> We're already getting ahead of Twilight. Um, so, what do you think about the poster overall? I mean, I love it. I love it. The one with yeah. this one was yeah. The one right kind of out of it. <laughs> I, I don't know if I was supposed but, to describe yeah. it for the listeners, but never mind. Like, well, yeah, it has like, the like. Look at the facial expressions, like Diana just brought up about Peta. And we so, have the Mockingjay symbol on fire above Katniss's head. Oh, and above, <laughs> and above that, it says, the world will be watching. Yes, that's another tagline. Obviously, we have um, an um, odds be ever in your favor. Now I we have the world will be really watching. I think it's just really cool. If you guys have signed up through the capital.pn, you will get receive emails from President Snow referring to, like, the 74th Hunger Games and, like, talking about Katniss and everything. And so it's, like, if it kind of feels like you're placed in... Yeah, it has that feel that you're in Pan Am, Which is, like, really cool because I've never ha- experienced any fandom that's done that. Ever. It's just... Yeah, I'm part of District... I, I love it. Nine. Yeah. Nine. District one. Um, the yeah. other picture, can you go back? Yeah, I'm going to go to the other ones. So yeah. the other picture was of Katniss and Peeta, and that was released, um, they're like in the training center. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we see Peeta looking kind of scared. And out of it again. And Katniss <laughs> kind of just looking at him like, you're a beautiful boy. <laughs> <laughs> Interpretive. <laughs> yeah. Okay, someone should put, like, little bubbles of, like, what they're thinking. I bet someone has. Someone definitely has. I don't Um, like his tracksuit. I like them. Her face is so soft. I just don't like them. Her face is a little too full for being soft. Doesn't she play a cat? I'm sorry. Her name is Cat 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 Snow. She doesn't look like a cat at all, actually. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's just my opinion. Don't apologize for your opinion. No, but what do you guys think about the actual, like, as Mariah said, tracksuits? I think they look pretty good. Okay. I mean, it's not going to be a big deal. Yeah. Like, I just don't know. We just, analyze everything I like here. The see, we only have a couple yes, pictures, so we kind of have to like latch on to whatever we see. I like myself a good boot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> boots look good on him. Just, yeah. just say it. Okay. <sighs> um, and there was one more picture. Yeah. Also released. We have a lot of news since we didn't do news last mm. time. Um, so this one is from... What was his name at? Russell... Ru- Russ Ru- Bowen? Russ Bowen. Right, that's the same. Um, so he released some pictures of what he thinks is going to be Katniss's house or, like, any houses in Could the scene. Gail's house. Yeah, like, any... He says that they all look the same, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So we can assume that this is what her house is going to look like. There's no guarantees here um, because it's not from Lionsgate. It's definitely run down, and I didn't imagine them there being paint on the walls. I don't really It's really kind of... It's too, like, like happy... It's it's it looks like it at one point was like a good house and then it's just been like abandoned for thirty years, which doesn't really make sense. Yeah, like, I didn't picture. I pictured. I didn't picture floors. I picture. I thought. Dirt I pictured floors. like a, a shack, like with dirt floors. Like I felt like one with room, one bed. Like, I didn't think this was because it yeah, kind of makes sense here. Like, like two one of, I thought it was one room, like I very think small a mattress, like, maybe and, half like, a of like my room right, right here. Oh really? Yeah, like I pictured really small. Pictured, yeah. like, no, maybe like this whole room. Two rooms, like maybe this size, but like cut. Yeah. I, just I don't know, I think it described it, I might be totally wrong, in the book it's like, not, 
dirty or like run down, but just like worn in. Yeah. Of. And I d- definitely does not read. It's picture dark. Yeah. I don't like. I don't think this type of theme. That's if we go back to the trail and we see Katniss in District Twelve, like how it's all wooded. I don't mm-hmm. feel like this actually fits. Yeah. Whole, I don't know. I mean, this but, could not be it. Like, I don't. Yeah, this I could not, not even be it. But I mean, then also probably... saying like maybe the way they do camera angles and stuff like that, they'll make it look like it should be, you know? Like, maybe they'll only focus on one room or something right. like that. Maybe this is it before they, like, fix it up and got it all That's moved. true. Yeah. It could be. Yeah, so. I mean, there's no guarantees here again, so. Well, um, they could just take it out, run that house and trash see, it. We'll see, we'll see. Really a nice, fun thing to do. So, all right. so, we talked about two episodes ago with Diana, um, the movie tie-in books, and I know I asked you guys about um, it, if Suzanne Collins wrote this, and if she didn't, then I don't want them, basically. <laughs> um, straightforward. So, um, so I found out that she doesn't have her name as an author. So that's not a good sign. And again, these are the books. What are these okay. what is that? So there's books? one that there's the illust- there's one that's the illustrated guide, and basically that's just going to be like pictures of like the sets and like. Well, that's fine. I mean, you can't so that's really, fine. Yeah. There's no new information. It's yeah. just visuals. That's fine. I already pre-ordered it. My brother got that for me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, so that's going to be in February. Yeah, so, but um, <laughs> the tribute guide, that's the one where you get more background information on Foxface, Kato, Clove, Matt. But if it's not written by her, then... <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could have inter- I mean, they could have interviewed her and oh, then gotten oh, the information and wrote it. But if it's not in... The Secret Love. Kato oh my gosh! I thought are... you were saying Matt was one of the tribute. No, no, I, 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 I was like, Kato and then she goes Matt because oh, yeah. like, they're. <laughs> you thought she was. I was like, Matt's not a tribute. What? Um, like, yeah, from District like fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I appreciated it. it. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? Like, moving there is on. no. Oh, okay. I know, but keep it moving. A really bad joke. So, do you guys think there'll be any new information in these books, or is it going to be stuff we already know? Stuff um, we already know. Yeah. I don't bother but with But how can they write a whole book about stuff we already know? I don't like that. Books are Fillers. supposed to be open to interpretation. I don't yeah. like yeah. it when people just... I hate movie tie-in books in general, because then it's like taking all the like characters and replacing them. Like, you know how they um make new covers for books? That yeah, like the movie in? covers. I don't like that. I like. I just want like, the book new covers for the Hunger Games are pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I usually, the one, yeah. It's just the Flaming Mockingjay. There's no That's actors. So cool. There's no Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. There will be. How much you want to bet? But like... As, you know, as of now, it's okay. Yeah. So, all right, well, that's about all the news. Those are the big news stories. I mean, it's like we can't, this isn't, we can't picture, like, a perfect fandom where everything is the way you picture it. I mean, it's, Oh, yeah, if it was a perfect have, fandom, this podcast to, would exist, you couldn't critique anything. You have to consider, like, the marketing and, like, the, all the money aspects there. Because yeah. they spend, they, you always are going to spend a lot of money on making a movie. So how do you think they're actually going to, like, get the regain the money that they spent on it? Obviously, through marketing, advertising, and getting people to actually buy the things. Yeah. Like, I mean, we can't have the perfect fandom. It's not possible. Okay. Well, then, on that great note. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so this is Through the Eyes of Katniss Everdeen, and this is our main, main segment, Analyzing the Books by Chapters. Um, last episode, we just discussed one chapter, which was very odd for us. Um, that was Chapter 18. So today we'll continue with Chapters 19 and 20. So now we're on Part 3, The Victor, and um, we have been keeping track kind of like what part we're on, so that's just kind of a side note. Um, so I think that begins chapter 19, is picture 3? Yes, it does. Take it away, Kira. Yeah. Thank you. Um, alright, so chapter 19, my favorite chapter. Really? Nothing happens. 
Chapter 20 is where it's at. <laughs> nothing, happens, <laughs> nothing happens in chapter 20. What? Everything happens. All right, opinion-based, moving on. All right, so, um, we left off chapter 18 with Katniss finding out that you can have two victors as long as they're from the same district. So that is a complete game-changer. And so... Yeah, game-changer, because... Yeah, that was my pun. So as soon as she finds out, Peta's name escapes her lips and her hand flies over her mouth. Um, very Sorry, cute. I love you. Yeah. So, um... I'm not. Then there's a quote, <laughs> I wait frozen for the woods to come alive with... Assailants. Assailants. Um, <laughs> so I thought this was interesting, just how she kind of illustrates this and that she still thinks that people are going to attack her, that, that she's like... People would not think of her as, like, really strong and, like, hard. I don't think it's that so much as she's just no. always been well, very yeah. defensive. That's how she's learned to survive. It's true. That is her way of doing things. Come on, Carrie. You um, So, yeah. another quote is, Peta, as it turns out, has never been a danger to me. Wait, she should have figured out by now. Yeah, because she's, she's finally piecing together <laughs> that, um, like, everything that Peta's done and that um, Peta actually does care about her. It's, it's not just for him. her. And these oh. next two chapters are so frustrating when he's like obviously in love with her and yes. she doesn't figure it out. And, and I'm, like, I'm in the dark as well, yeah. Because um, her mind is so clouded with thoughts of Gail. Well, yeah. the audience can't see this, but I made a page long list of every time in these two chapters when it's obvious that okay. Peta loves her and she loves Peta. Well, you can chime in then. So. She does anyways. So I know. I will chime in. I'm trying to look at Actually, I can't because there's at least 25 examples here. Okay. So Katniss recaps the tributes left um, and their game strategies. So we have Foxface, who's, quote, operating alone. Thresh, who is, quote, a distinct threat. And Cato and Clove, which are the only um, pairs left that can work together. Pair? Oh my god. Yeah. The like tributes. Partners. Two tributes. Singles. No, sorry, you said pairs. No, it's not. tribute partners. I, I, I'm one of those annoying people who corrects grammar all the time. Oh, okay, well. I'm no, no, because so pairs, no, like, there's, there's Cato and Clove, and then there's okay, Pete and Katniss. Two pairs. There's, very hostile to I, I got okay. you, Kira. I told so, you you're in a good mood today. Cato and Clove have the night vision glasses, and um, they are described as having heavy branch-breaking bodies. I think mm-hmm. referring back to, like, when she was in the tree, and they were trying to, like, scale nice up a bit. Nice alliteration going on. Yeah. My favorite. Um, so, who do you see um, as an outsider reading the book? Who do you see as a bigger threat, Cato or Thresh? Cato. Cato. Definitely not. Kato. Well, I think from Cadmus's perspective, Air five. <laughs> from Cadmus's perspective in the book, she knows a lot more about Cato than Thresh. So, because Thresh is such an unknown, and she's seen him before, like she knows he's pretty heavy, and he has this like serious formal face. So, I think she would have been more concerned about him since she doesn't know as much about him or where he is or anything about him at all. You know? Oh, right, because that thing with... She can't you know how, Doesn't he, like, spare her life? That hasn't happened yet, It right? hasn't happened yet. Okay, so... I think that's chapter 21, I want to say. Mm, that's yes, a great that's chapter. when she goes to get... No, no, we'll talk about that yeah. later. But, um, yeah, like, personally, I think that, like, Cato is a bigger threat just because he made it to the end. Like, Thrush didn't make it to the end. Like, well, just on that fact alone. We know that Cato's a bigger threat, but, like, I think Katniss would have been more concerned about Thrush. Yeah. She Can't knows Kato's weaknesses. She knows I mean, that he has a huge right. temper that she can use against him. True. She knows that he likes clothes, so... She instructs herself to get some shut-eye before finding her lover in the, lover in the morning. Did you write that and yourself? Okay. Yes, I did. Obviously. I spent a long time doing this. Um, so, quote, I tried to think of anything Peter ever said that might give me an indication as to where he's hiding out, but nothing rings a bell. So, this is kind of um, reflecting back to the quote 
that what what was this from that you would know? What is, chapter? Or like, yeah. Is, is that when they're no, in the game? No, this is like this is way after. This is way after. Okay, so this kind of reflects to the quote this later is, on in the book. This is my favorite quote in the entire book. All right, so why don't you read it, Matt? No, it's okay. You can go. All right, quote: I remember everything about you. It was you who wasn't paying attention. <sighs> so <laughs> okay, Matt. That is from. So, do you think he would be able to get in? Like, if they're Roles were reversed, and Peta had to find Katniss. Then, do you think that he would be able to? Yes. I think yes. Peta understands Katniss pretty well. More than Katniss. Definitely. Yeah, I At agree with point. that. Because he's—he always knows when she's lying. He can—he understands a lot about her. Yeah. Actually, I mean, I she was she was the one that wasn't paying attention. Later on in so. the oh, well, um, later on in the chapter when Peta like she finds him, I kind of almost felt that he like left those bloodstains like as a way to help her find him. I never thought of that. But he was so delirious doing it. Oh, I. I well, we don't know how old they were, though. That's true. He could have like. He could have done it after. After. after he could have like taken his hand, like. I definitely assumed that he left them like on purpose. I don't know why. He has always got a plan. So but I definitely thought that he like he like dragging. I mean, obviously around. he's not. He's obviously not as athletic as Katniss, but he thinks things more. Like, well, you know, I don't more think athletic. She, like, I mean, like he's really the word. Yeah, he's not like as sly as she is. Yeah. He's remember them walking towards Katniss because upset with him because he's his footsteps are much louder. Yeah. So when Katniss finds the trail of blood that we're talking about, she whispers Peta's name kind of softly. But then a Mockingjay begins to um, kind of like say it out loud, <laughs> kind of like alerting. So, um, so do you think that as Diana brings up like symbolism is the mocking of the Mockingjay? Do you think that that's kind of like showing that like there's hope and like freedom near or something? I don't know, like. Hmm. I was thinking more like, I don't know if this would make any sense, like, it's reflecting the bond between Peta and Katniss and how that relates. Okay, hmm. maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe <laughs> not. Um, you're probably right. Freedom. Let's just Yeah, just, I think it's showing that, like, he's near, because before she didn't really see Mockingjays when she talked. I mean, she saw him, but, like, she wasn't interacting with them as much, so, like, when they start to, like, help her out, you know what I mean, like, there's kind of more hope there. I was going to say, it might be a foreshadow of the third book, but I can't talk about foreshadows of the third book. So. Right. You can just mention it and people can figure it out themselves. But Well, I don't know. Maybe, like, her drawing, sh- the Mockingjay drawing strength from a calling out to Peta might be a um, Ooh. foreshadow of All right. the third book. She hears someone, his voice, and she's like, oh, is that Peta? So she walks, yeah. she's kind of walking around. When and does then she hear a voice? He says something, and then she's like, where are you? Oh, and that was the, like, like sweetheart around. thing. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, and then, um, so he said, you here to finish me off, sweetheart? That's just so weird. I feel like his yeah. personality in this chapter is completely it's, no, it's, it's a little, like, Hamish. Like, like, yeah, mimicking, arrogant. He was mimicking Hamish, probably. I know, probably. but throughout, like, not just then, once you, like, hear, start hearing their dialogue, it's completely different from any way they've talked before, like, before the game. But, I mean, they're somewhat acting. I mean, Peter's not really, I but mean, Katniss perhaps is. Perhaps it's like half acting, perhaps it's yeah. like him. I mean, they have to put on a show. Her, or, I don't know. Okay, yeah. I'm, or maybe he's he's thinking that his love for Katniss is finally, he's able to express it now that they're. Yeah. So know. it's just, it's all out there. It's all hanging out. He doesn't have to hide anything anymore. Um, so Peter, as you guys know, has this guy, disi- oh my god, disguised himself disguised. in the mud of the bank. Thank you, <laughs> <Maya>. <laughs> Um, so, and I think that this is Katniss kind of thinking in her head. She says, quote, I guess all those hours decorating cake- cakes paid off. I think you said that out loud. 
Did she say that out loud? Yeah. Oh, she did say that out loud. You're right. Um, yeah, you, yeah, this is your I know, this is my chapter. I love the cute little volley that goes back and forth them, between them, like their little dialogue thing. It's coming up. Oh, like right now? like. Well, like just throughout. Like, you just have to see a different side of Katniss that she actually has a sense of humor. Like, he brings it mm-hmm. on her. So yeah. I think right. that's, that's a good thing. That's cute. That's a good point, too. So she rolls him Thanks. to the edge of the water to clean him off and tend to his leg wounds, which she doesn't realize how bad they are at this point. Um, but when applying some burn cream to his chest, she knows how hot his body is, meaning, like, Fever, not temperature. 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 <laughs> I think there's some double meaning there. A little bit, a little bit. Especially Joss Hutchinson playing Peta. But um, Kara, come on. So she treats him with <laughs> <laughs> she treats him with some meds from um, District One boy bag. The boy Marvel. Boy bag. Marvel. Yeah, Marvel. Which we don't know his name at this point, but um, so once Katniss offers him some food and he turns it down, she then knows how sick he really is. Um, his health, not, you know, his mind. So, Peter's leg is described as, quote, the deep inflamed gash oozing both blood and pus. Smell of fest- festering flesh. Fush. Yes. Ooh, that's quite flesh. disgusting. Alliteration. Yeah. I feel so bad. I mean, and that's just really, like, intense. This really heightens the tension when you think, like, is Peter gonna die? Like, this was a yeah. really intense chapter. And even, um, like, for the movie, how are they not gonna have it's this be, be too... Yeah, and going back to chap, I don't know what chapter. How are they but gonna? Are they gonna give this a PG thirteen rating? They it is. To. Yeah, um, they have to. Yeah, I think they've already kind of put that out there. I mean, it hasn't gotten. It's the like impossible yet, not but, to. Yeah, you can't have it R as much as we want it. to No, be R. it can't be R. Like usually R is just with the language. I love R. Oh, I was thinking yeah. PG, but they couldn't pull up. No, no, they couldn't pull up oh. PG. And plus, they would lose more of an audience if something's PG thirteen. People die. People die in PG movies. This is like a really Pocahontas. Even more than this, I feel like that's G. I think actually, never mind. Hold on. All right, forget it. We're just going to move on. <laughs> Never mind. So, Katniss is immediately reminded of when her mother used to bring patients into the house, and she couldn't stand it, and she would run away um, into the woods or whatever she does. But Prim and her mother could stay and take care of it, and I think that that really shows that Katniss is not as strong as everyone sees her, that she does have weaknesses, mm-hmm. such as mm-hmm. dealing with, like, medical things. That it's not so much Prim, medical things. It's just, I don't think she can deal with her reactions yeah, to things. And, and dealing with humans, like, almost their, their emotions. She, she's not good with she's not dealing with humans. She's, she's not deal- good with dealing to her own emo- emotional reactions to things. So I think yeah. if she sees someone dying, she just freaks like, out. Like, even mentioning, like, oh, I, like, she's thinking about, like, I'm going to have to strip him down. He's going to have to be naked in front of me. And, like, she's she, she's Get more... She, yeah, she's more obsessed with that than he's dying, which is well, kind of weird. Well, I think she's weird. really concerned about it. I know, but, like, but. you wouldn't be concerned about that if... Um, yeah, but I think it's I easier think to think about. Would be. <laughs> I think it's easier to think about like not the big it. things, like you know. I don't know. I sound like distracting yourself. Yeah, kind of like it's easier to think about. Oh, I'm gonna have to change him instead of being like, oh, Peter's <laughs> gonna die. Like it would be That's easier true. to think about something. Kind of more denial, get your brain yeah. off of it and everything. Um. So. What do you think is the significance of nakedness having no effect on her mother and Prim? Like, what is the show of their character? Well, that... It's just that her mother is, like, a natural motherly figure. Like, obviously, if you're a parent, you're always going to see your kid naked, so you get kind of accustomed to that. Mm-hmm. So, um, she... And also, she's, like, she's more concerned about healing the person than on, like, how awkward it would be to see them naked. So it's it doesn't really have an effect on her mother. It's Prim, more professional with Prim, her. It's like, yes, this has to Prim be done. Prim more do like... It. I don't know. Prim is just... I don't want to say she's emotionally strong because she is though, but it's just her character, like how she's innocent, that doesn't really affect her. She doesn't really think yeah. about it. 
It's just mass like she naturally just does things without really. It really makes the characters more three dimensional. I think that's what you're touching on. But like, yeah, like you it just through that one passage, you see a weakness of Katniss's and the strengths of Prim's, where the roles are always reversed. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that also kind of shows that how related Prim is to her sister, mm-hmm. like how you can see that connection. So. Okay. Well, another quote is. Killing things is much easier than this. Although, for all I know, I'm killing you. And, I don't know, I just thought this kind of, like, was important. This is while she's trying to take care of Peta, and, like, um, she's using the water bottles and rotating them to clean them off of all the mud and whatever he created for himself there. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, after some remedies, Katniss wraps Peta's leg, and she asks him to cover up and, um, gives him his boxers back. Or, no, she takes his boxers so she can wash them. Um, so then Peta says, you know, you're kind of squeamish for such a lethal person. I love Peta. Ah! <laughs> I'm sorry. So Hamage comes up during their discussion, and Peta tells her he doesn't like her because, quote, you're just alike. Meaning, like, Hamage and Katniss have a lot in common that yeah. Peta conceiving outside of their relationship. They're both, like, survivors. Yeah. superficially I think they're very different but I think underneath it all he's right they are very yeah uh, and I think that like after the games kind of when she goes home she's able to kind of like I mean if he was more sober I think that they'd be able to kind of like help each other through their like memories and problems more than like well that's another way Cat's mom helping her obviously Hamish has taken up drinking because he has so much to cope with but like how does Katniss cope with her emotions like does she I think she just like hunting. She just well, like yeah. ignores them. I think bottles them up and then they eventually. Live. She ov- she first over over analyzes them like why she's feeling the way and then mm-hmm. she just drops it. She kind of like represses them almost. Because then yeah. like, something else happens that changes her like, complete thought process. Like she doesn't really have time to sit and think about why she's feeling this way or anything like that. Because you know sometimes she goes on complete tangents about for a page on questions about yeah. certain things like why this is happening, like, how this is affecting her life, and what about her family, and what about Gail. And she's and always then, thinking practically. Like, all, she always thinks about that, and then someone says something, and that changes her whole thoughts. So it's like she doesn't really get that opportunity to analyze why, what she's thinking, why she feels it. She doesn't really think about it. I, I, I feel like she's has always think, had to, uh, she's always had to think so practically that she just ignores completely the emotional side of what she's thinking, you know? Yeah. Well, after Peta has a quick, quick nap, she quip, moves. Quip, quip. <laughs> quip, quip. Um, she moves camp as far downstream as Peta can make. So she's kind of moving all their stuff and trying to get them into more of a uh, kind of closed territory. And so after finding a cave and settling down, um, Katniss has the feeling, quote, suddenly out of nowhere, I'm scared he's gonna die. Aww. And I think, like, she's done everything she can, so now she's like, what else can I do? So it's kind of finally like, yeah. what am I gonna do? She's got, like, nothing else to think about now, So now, too. finally, her emotions are crashing down on her because she has no way to cope. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then Katniss experiences her first kiss. Ooh. Um, to Sorry. shut Peta up about dying. But I think, yeah. when she, when she kissed him, she, um... I think in the book it said that the only thing she she probably she mentioned that she probably should have been focused on oh this is my first kiss but all she could think about right. is how hot his lips were so even then yeah it focuses on how she's thinking of him and not herself which shows that she loves him 
Because I think she does. Thank you for your insight. <laughs> <laughs> what you do when Diana talks that you can't really say anything to rebut it. I know, so I just go inside. So you just all right. Next thing, <laughs> you don't really okay. Well, do you think that Katniss loves Peeta in this book? Like, please say yes. It's a budding romance. No, it's not, it's oh not like God. total. It has to work well, off. You can't like just love is. someone. It's just, it has to, like, happen. Just I feel like in Katniss's situation, she can't just love someone because love and trust isn't easy for her, especially, like, growing up the way right. she is. She's yeah. always threatened by everything. So trust well, isn't easy. So I think she has to build up trust first. And then, so, yeah, I think it's, like, a budding romance, especially at the end of the book when you're left with so much confusion on what's going to happen next with them. Oh my gosh, the end of this book. So it's like, really frustrating for me, at least. Yeah, but, well, like, even, even if she did just love someone like that, like, it's going to take a long time for that to actually strengthen or for her yeah. to even realize that. But, like, she loved her father. He died. She possibly loves Peter right now, but she sees she sees that he's going to die. At this point, there's no way he's going to survive with the, in, not ingredients, with the stuff that they have right now. Yeah. Like, there's there's no possible way. And even with her mother. So she doesn't want to love him. She's trying to, like, repress mm-hmm. those feelings, not fall in love with him, because she knows he's going to die. Which, uh, if she does Which fall in love practical. with him, it'll make it harder for when he's gone. Yeah. So it's like she's trying to, like, close off for herself and try not to feel any emotion, so that way she can just, when he dies, she can just sort of brush it off. Like, yeah. she, okay, when Rue died, she didn't necessarily love Rue, but she was, like, very... She loved she, Rue. Okay, she did love Rue. She never really openly expressed There were it. feelings there. But, like, she... Kira, can you just be serious? <laughs> Kira, nothing but serious. Yeah, really. So, it's just, like, she... Everything she thinks about, she thinks of Rue, with the birds and everything, because of, like, she was so close with her. She doesn't want to feel that same way with Peta. Yeah. Like, to be honest, I think Peta means a lot more to her. Well, she, and she just, she's definitely opening up in this chapter with Peta. Like, we get to see so many different sides of her that we have never seen before. Like, yeah. we get to see she can be cute, she can be joking, like, she can be lighthearted, like, we've never seen these things. I mm-hmm. think, like, part of it is the acting and part of it's real. Like, there's emotion yeah. behind it, but, like, she just keeps telling herself that it's her acting. I think the same thing for Peta, too. All right. oh. And also, like, she's... She's kind of, like, putting this on to, like, make Peter seem like, oh, everything's okay. Like, nothing's wrong. Like, if you're with a child and something's going wrong, you don't want to, like, look like you're really scared. Yeah, you yeah, have definitely to, like, had a lot of experience control. with Prim. Yeah. So that's kind of, like, she's kind of using those same skills with him right now. Although he can totally see through it. Right. Mm-hmm. But she's trying. Whatever. You have to give her some props. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, she has done a lot. Oh, Haymitch rewards her um, with, you know, being romantic with Peter, um, with hot broth. So... <laughs> Hot broth. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> so in order to kind of keep getting rewards, she uh, kisses Peta again, this time like awake, because like, he took a nap. I don't know if you guys remember that. Um, so Katniss tries to remember how her mother and father acted together so she could play the role of this star-crossed lovers. And so I thought it was kind of important. She's thinking about um, how to act so that it seems like it's real. When she could, as you're... With your opinion on her loving Peta, she could just be herself, but that's never an option for Katniss. She's always got to be someone else. Mm-hmm. Especially since she's always hiding from the peacemakers and everything. She always has to yeah. put on this. I mean, when do we see her just be herself? Never. I don't think she well, know, she even knows Gale, how to be herself. When she's with Gale. When she's with Gale. Which but is, we only I get like a snippet of that in the yeah. beginning. And even then, she doesn't want Gale thinking like she likes him. So we know even that. there, there's barriers, you know, so... And well, I mean, Hamish sending her the pot of broth, that again shows how similar they are. Like, that yeah. he even knows that she'll understand that. Yeah, like their communication is just 
quite nice. I think the same way. Yeah. So take it away, Matt, with chapter 20 here. All right. Um, chapter 20, I think, sort of the beginning is a lot of filled with things that are happening. It's sort of like they're eating and they're sleeping and they're just trying to get through the days. And so... Boring. Well, that's, only, that's only there to show the uh, I mean, it's emotional shows, progression, you know? Right. True. And so it's Build like it up. going on the emotions, like um, referring to what Katniss is saying, she gives in and she goes and she crawls in the sleeping bag with Peta. And she says, it's toasty warm, and I snuggle down gratefully until I realize it's more than warm. It's overly hot because the bag is reflecting back his fever. So, obviously, he's, <laughs> his, he's getting more progressively worse, and I don't think Katniss realizes what she can do to actually help him. I mean, she can keep feeding him, giving him water, and trying to cool down his temperature, but... Yeah. Well, are you really supposed to him. try to keep people with fevers, like, under blankets? Yeah, you're supposed to have them, um... <clears throat> Sorry. You're supposed to have them sweat, like, so that they can kind of, like, get rid of the fever. Yeah, yeah she, like, made an allusion to that in the book. Let it break. And, um, this is a little bit of Peter's, not humor, but it was like, you're saying you're worried about me? Have you taken a look at yourself lately? No, Katniss said that. She actually. said that? Oh. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> Matt. Come on. All right. <laughs> hey, we all make mistakes. Uh. <laughs> um, she makes a reference to what her father used to do when... She's saying, I reach out to touch his cheek, and he catches my hand and presses it against his lips. I remember my father doing this very thing to my mother, and I wonder where Peter picked it up. Surely not from his father and the witch. Does it really say that? From yeah. his father and the witch? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Oh, goodness. Well, she's there. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> okay. I can't say any swears, so that's my filler. Oh, goodness. We should okay. make up our own Hunger Games swear. We should. Let's do it. So then this is one of the scenes where Kat, um, Katniss has realized that something is severely wrong with Peter. She says that there's no more pus in evidence, but the swelling has increased, but and the tight, shiny skin is inflamed. I see that a red streak starting to crawl up his leg. Blood poisoning. Blood poisoning. Did I say that right? Blood yep, poisoning. blood poisoning. Unchecked, it will kill him for sure. Oh, no. So this is, like, again, going on to what we were saying about how like, this is one of the scenes that gets you of where unsure Peter's actually going to die or yeah. he something has to happen because it's like I don't think Peter I don't think Susan Collins would kill Peter off Definitely this soon not. in no. the book but I mean like it is I feel like it was a good aspect because so far everyone's pretty much just died of like being killed by someone else and like I think it's a good like aspect to see that someone could die because of like an infection or something or just like a regular sickness that you could mm-hmm. get anywhere just how dangerous the games really are like it's yeah that you shouldn't you just Like, even though, like, he did get the cut because of someone else, um, it shows that you have to worry about more than just other people. I feel like a lot of times in these adventure-type stories, like, we kind of, like, don't put as much value on, like, getting injured as we should in real life. Like, someone, like, falls from, like, 20 feet and we're like, oh, they'll be fine. Like, stuff like that. Because, like, we know that they will. But, like, this just shows that (laughs) that's not realistic at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's not like an external... It's a internal, the blood poisoning too. It's not. Yeah. They like. I mean, obviously he has the leg wound, but still, that was the cause of the blood poisoning. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Next, we go on to. Um, I think this line's really funny. She says, "It's my new best friend, Claudius Temple Smith." I think that's just very funny. Boy, so dummy. And as I expected, he's inviting us to a feast. Um, and he says, "Now hold on. Some of you may already be declining my invitation, but this is no ordinary feast." Each of you needs something desperately. So, 
Okay, I have a question. What does he mean by feast? There's no, like, is that just supposed to be, like, funny? Um, I think, well, no. actually, like, it's an allusion to cornucopias, because, um, like, Thanksgiving, oh, you would put the cornucopia. Oh, that's good. And there's food and stuff, so I think it's a feast, because that's where you're meeting, you're meeting at the And, cornucopia. like, everyone knows that's the, li- the lingo for, like, I'm inviting you to come, like, yeah. get something. Yeah, I think, something. like, okay. it, like, originated like, from... Like, she mentioned earlier... the cornucopia has everything you need in there. Like, not yeah. going to, like, even with, um... The fruit, the fruit, and everything has like apples, vegetables, all that stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of like saying something you need. So it's gonna have it. It's gonna have like what Candace actually needs. And yeah. right now she needs something to heal Peter's. Do you guys life. think there's any like symbolism in that it's a cornucopia instead of anything else? I wonder. Hmm. Capricornia. <laughs> Capricornia. Maybe like. Come on. We'll save that for out, another spit time. Out, spit we'll, it out. Let's okay. We'll mull on this and discuss it later. All right. Let's do that. Okay, so then um, Claudius continues saying that how there's going to be a, a little, um, a backpack marked with your district number at the cornucopia, yeah, I said it right, at dawn. Think harder about refusing to show up. For some of you, this will be your last chance. So, that's a little bit of a tension there. I think anyway. threatening. So it's like, well, it's like, what, what do you think, it, what do you mean by last how chance? Mu- like, how much they're going to die if they don't get I mean, so obviously that, that's kind of like directed exactly at PETA. Last chance, like, they're get either they're going to die, or last chance, like, they're not going to serve it up again. Like, there's only one chance yeah, yeah, to yeah. do it. But, yeah. It's so creepy <laughs> that how he knows exactly, like, he anticipates so much of their movements and what they're thinking. Like, yeah. some of you may already be declining, like... Um, this is, I don't know if you left this down in your sheet with romantic, romantic things. Um, but Peter says, no, he says, you're not going, you're not risking your life for me. Was that one of them? No? Well, yes. That's <laughs> cute. Really Are you bored by this? <laughs> no, no, I was... I mean, obviously, the chapters are very... Ugh, I don't think there's anything actually eventful that really happened in the chapters, really. It's just more like them opening up to each other, and... It's more and analytical stuff. And kissing and getting hot broth. <laughs> <laughs> that was really loud, I guess. Sorry, just that the way was. she said it just sounded... <laughs> sounded like it was a code word or something. Yeah, it sounded a little hot bit... Hot <laughs> um, Right. making some I wasn't. I was just talking about broth. I don't remember. What did she give from that word? This remember because um, like? they had that argument about like and they were both adamant about. Right, I know. But and what then did she Hamish give? sent down the sleeping syrup. Oh right. And she figured out that that he wanted it to use. She she wanted her to use it to not speed out. So she like says it was going to help him with what she said. Help him feel better with his leg. No, it's to put him no. to sleep. No, she tricked him. She, so she tricked him by saying, oh, yeah. she, oh, she put it in a food. And, and she made him yeah. eat it. And so... I like how she called them sugar berries. Just like, why did you pick up on that, Peter? I love how he's so smart and he thinks about all these plants. And but he just trusts Kat. Sometimes so he's so completely hmm. oblivious. Yeah. It's, it's kind of not a benefit to him. But sugar sugar berries? Yeah. Why would he? It sounds like you're my sugar berry. <laughs> he was also delusional because he's got a fever. Come on, That's guys. True. I mean, oh, he's okay. like All right, let's go mentally ill right now. He's just completely trusting Katniss, so. Aww. So it's Not like good. Not good. Not a good widened, idea. His eyes widen as he realizes the truth. I clamp my hand over his mouth and nose hard, forcing him to swallow instead of spit. Hmm. He tries to make himself vomit the stuff up, but it's too late. He's already losing conscience. Even as he fades away, I can see in his eyes that what I've done is unforgivable. But it is, though, because he, like, totally doesn't mention it after it happens. <laughs> like, they never talk about it again. <laughs> That's so funny. But that should be a sign, too, that this is happening, like, in his eyes. He's obviously not acting for the camera, so he really does care about her saving her life. Like, he obviously cares about her. Why yeah. didn't you pick up on that, Gaddis? 
Okay, so that was our you guys Katniss Everdeen. Yay, chapter no, done. That was pretty dry. But they're easy. You know, you got the good chapters, got the bad chapters. Yeah, and those you were got great a good chapters. Yeah, chapter nineteen was great, guys. Like, if you didn't even know what happened. It depends. I feel like it depends on <laughs> what kind of audience member you are. Like, if you're really into the action and adventure, then those weren't the chapters for you. If you're really into romance and seeing the romance bud, those were the chapters for you. Mariah. Yeah, those were the chapters from you. <laughs> <laughs> the diehard romantic. <laughs> that was me. Okay. Okay. So now we move on to our. Well, it has a new segment title, as we had a winner for the segment. It originally was called Maths Melodious Music, but now it's called Capital Opera, which I like the same so much better. <laughs> so, every podcast episode, I will play a song that connects to the novel. This week, I have selected an official song from the Hunger Games soundtrack, which is titled Safe and Sound by Taylor Swift and Civil Wars. I will post this video under the segment tab under Capital Opera. And remember, guys, you can submit your own original songs or favorite songs to Twitter, you can just tweet us at NightlockPod, which Kira handles, or email us at NightlockPodcast at gmail.com, and we may have your song featured. Um, so many listeners suggested that we actually play the song, and I've listened to it. I listen to it a lot. And I think it's probably, <laughs> it's not one of the songs that she would normally sing, because she sings about relationships and romance and all that stuff. This yeah. is completely different. When okay, I, well, why yeah. don't we um, listen to it, and then we'll talk about it. Just close your eyes The sun is going down Like I was saying before, after the, before the song, it's like something. It's really. She usually plays a lot of fast songs and has like that country feel to it. But this was more country of like twang. Well, yeah. It was. This had more of like the mellow. Like, I yeah. Really yeah. deep. Um, come on, what do you got? Okay, well, it's just Taylor Swift. You're you're hearing the stuff that she has on the radio, but she does have a lot of slower songs. I know she does. And she has things that are not that are not always about romantic relationships. I'm saying like a vast majority of her songs are like that. Yeah, like when I heard that. T-Swift was doing a song for <laughs> um, Hunger Games, I actually, like, wasn't, like, I, I think I heard about it before, like, you would I assume that it. it would be, like, a I wasn't excited, because I thought, one, it was just gonna be, you know, that guitar, twangy thing, you know, banjo, <laughs> whatever, but, and I was like, that doesn't fit, and also, Taylor Swift is, like, I don't, I don't want to sound weird or, like, hipstery, but Taylor Swift is kind of mainstream, so it's like, I don't know if I want that, because then people are going to be like, oh, Taylor Swift, the Hunger Games are related, oh my god. But, like, you know, yeah, so, it's also kind of question, like, Kira brought this up, if they actually paid her to make the song, she actually wrote it herself because yeah. she read the book, because so, we don't but know. But also, we don't know if it's going to be in the movie. Like, yeah. example, Twilight, there's lots of soundtrack, like, not all of the songs are actually in the movie. It could just be in, like, credits or something mm-hmm. like that. But, yeah. saying, after I did listen to the song, it isn't just 
like, as you guys have heard, it isn't just that banjo twang thing. It's got, like, other music in it. And the good thing is that she does not mention Katniss or Peeta's name. She doesn't mention anyone related to Hunger Games. So it kind of makes it seem like this might not be Hunger Games if you don't know, like, what the books are about and, like, what the interior means. Like, when she says the music's gone, she's referring to Rue because Rue died and everything. Mm -hmm. So it's all that kind of stuff. It's all those intertwined. That's what I really like about it because it's really amorphous. Like, it could be talking about any relationship. It could be talking about her and Rue, her and Peeta, Mm -hmm. like, or just her and her trying to protect her family. I just hope that it doesn't become one of those songs that you hear on the radio it's like the radio yeah. people are like, a new Taylor Swift song, and then they play it. I'm like, actually, and then this like, is deep. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I don't want that. But like, I feel like it connects more to Catching Fire than it does for Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. And I wish it was like in that, if they do put it in the movie, which I kind of doubt at this point, I feel yeah. like it's just going to have the, like, the actual um, you know, composers making the music. Yes, it's not going to have like, I mean, some, Taylor Swift singing when they're running around. A lot of don't have lyrical songs. They're more just, yeah. like, background orchestral instrumental music. Like, um, if you guys watch Main State Pro, did that cave scene with Katniss and Peter? Yes, they're if testing. If you watch it, watch it later. Yeah. It was on, like, a screen test, and they had piano music in the it was background. The, it was the British Peter guy. Mm-hmm. British Peter. Yeah. He the only actor that actor was British. We weren't, like, <laughs> trying to make him British. The actor's British, but... So, that's just, like, they wouldn't... If, with those kind of emotional scenes, they wouldn't have lyrical music. No. Yeah, I don't... I feel like this isn't the sort of movie that would need lyrics in their music. No. Yeah. Like, I played a few songs for you that had, like big drums and all that kind of stuff that mm-hmm. made it seem like it was intense music. So. Well, I guess that's a wrap, basically, for the episode. Um, just some plugging we things here. We got through it, you guys. Yes, we got, we through, got it. through it. So, episodes are released on the 2nd and 4th Sunday of the month. So, our next episode is the 22nd, so you guys can check back on iTunes then. Um, so, if you guys could write us a review on iTunes, that would be very helpful. Um, and also contact us with anything related to the podcast. If you want us to read something on Mocking Mail, whatever you want, um, that's nightlockpodcast at gmail.com. Um, so you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe us on iTunes. You can find all those links on our website, nightlockpodcast.com. Again, that's nightlockpodcast.com. So we have a new little twist for our ending. And so from now on, starting with the new year, we're going to have a new outro. Oh, and so, okay, outro. Outro, yeah, intro, outro, it's how it works. So we will end every show with a host recommending a book that readers of The Hunger Game may enjoy, something that's some similar in some fashion. So so we're going to go off by name, say like your name, and then yeah. the book you recommend and the author. So. so I'll go first, for example. I'm Kira, and I recommend Divergent by mm-hmm. Veronica Roth. And it's very similar. Um, I was talking about this to Mariah before we recorded. Um, And we both read it. And it um, has a lot of parallels um, to The Hunger Games. It's got, like, five factions instead of, like, 12 districts. It's got um, each each faction has its own kind of feel to it. Yeah, it's definitely dystopian. Totally, you know. Yeah. And I think it's more so because I think it's in a real city like the setting is in Chicago I believe yeah um and so you can actually like the author described city building it's it's more you can more um kind of imagine what their um um kind of country or not country but like what their society looks like like where everything is you have more of a map in your head of it Mm -hmm. um than the Hunger Games but yeah so I recommend Diversion by Veronica Roth R-O-T-H, Roth. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. I'm Mariah, and I am recommending Shipbreaker by Paolo. I'm sorry if I messed this up. It's, like, Italian or something. Bacchi Galupi, I think. Bac- 
Basigalupi? I don't know. It sounded good when I said it, but okay. <laughs> so um this is again it's another dystopian which is basically what the Hunger Games is. So um it isn't I was a little hesitant reading it at first because I usually like if it's gonna be a first person type of book, I would rather have it like a female be the narrator of it, I guess. Um but this time the book is from a male's perspective. Um and it's pretty good. It's, you know, it's a little more graphic, I think, and a little more dirtier than The Hunger Games. If, if that's possible, I mean, yeah. it's a little dirtier than The Hunger Games because it's about this kid who works on ships, and um, he that's his job, and he takes apart these big ships, and then from there he kind of finds adventure. So, I don't know, it was a great book. It also won an award, I think, a Prince Award, I think... Yeah, I did. Yeah, so it won a Prince Award. It was very good. Um, Paulo B, I'll just call him Paulo B, has done other award-winning books. So he's a really great author, and that's my book recommendation. <laughs> okay, well, this is Diana, and going back to our friend John Green, you know him if you've read Looking for Alaska, I'm going to recommend his new book that comes out in a few days, yeah. actually. And it's called The Fall of Our Stars, and it's uh, not very related to The Hunger Games at all. But <laughs> from what I know of it, because he reads the first two chapters on YouTube, if you want to check it out to see if you want to, you know, you're interested in it at all, it seems to be a lot about the whole family dynamic and this girl coming to terms with her own morality, morality, sorry, mortality, <laughs> and um, trying to protect her family and that whole family dynamic. So if you think that sounds interesting. Should go check it out on YouTube. That's like the wild card yes. recommendation. <laughs> that has like nothing yeah. to do with the Hunger Games. Wait, Matt, you're doing two recommendations. No, do you want to no. do, do you want to do a second one or not? Can I do a second one, Kira? So you for next episode. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I promise we'll have you back. Yay. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm Matt, and I recommend Pirates by Celia Reese. Um, this is I don't know if it's kind of related to Hunger Games because it's not like a dystopian society. But it's more of, like, focuses on um, a girl during the time of, like, I don't during the pirate age when the pirates were there. It was, like, pirate like, age, like, you know, like, Pirates of the Caribbean, like, that time, of, yeah. like that okay. time period. And um, she goes off and she's trying to escape. Um, like, the guy who's after her kind of reminds me of presence, so someone who's constantly tracking her and someone who's or, after her. It's sort of, like, her survival on a... Um, oh. Les Miserables, Javert, Javert, French literature. So, um, I think the the writing is it's from the girl's perspective. I think the writing isn't really too hard, isn't too basic. It's kind of like in the middle. I think it's like equally as the Hunger Games. But um, her description that Celia has is very good. I pictured everything perfectly, like the way everything was described and the inner thoughts between the characters were just very good. So, and also like the language because it's in that past time, so they speak differently than we do now. So, thanks for tuning in, guys, and uh, we'll have you, see you next for episode, I can talk, <laughs> episode 14, we will see you next time. And that's January 22nd, so check back iTunes then, and we'll see you next time. Bye! 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 Hi guys, and welcome to Nightlock Podcast, this is Matt and Kira, um, we are your two hosts for uh, Nightlock, and we're actually, I <laughs> can't talk! <laughs> I can't! <laughs> Instead of podcast, <laughs> like twice. You said podcast. <laughs> You're like, um, we got a podcast. Yeah, so you really don't need to be so formal. What? It's kind of like lay back. Yeah, I am lay back.
Anyway, so um, she was talking about <laughs> yes. It, I just saw The Descendants over the weekend, and it's set in Hawaii, and I really wanted to go to Hawaii. Is that with George Clooney? Yes, I want to see that. It's really not guilt trip. Mm, yeah, <laughs> Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. back to the Hunger Games. So it was like a countdown. Oh, you guys! Clapping is not good for recording, guys. Oops, so. Gonna edit that. Out. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> that was a high five, not a clap. It's different. <laughs> I used to be in District 4, but I logged on again, and they moved me down to District Wait, 9. Wait, what? Well, I so? think because you signed in using my Facebook or something. It was weird, because okay. every time I sign up, so, sign up, it's like, welcome, Mariah. I'm like, oh, really? Oh, you what what is back on your computer. This thing, should I know? I'm sorry, We Kira. skip. Well, we're we can't. We don't have time. I'm to such yeah, a bad just, fan. Oh, After the podcast, we'll do yeah. it. All right. This is um, difficult for people. We're all talking to each other. I know. We have to, like, stop doing that. Okay. Matt? Guys, shut up. Matt, you've been interrupting everyone. I have things to say. <laughs> we have our segue into our new segment. Sorry, not new segment. This is like our original segment here. Um, <laughs> kind of opposite. Yeah, not new Thanks at all. Thanks for saying the obvious. Wow, Matt. <laughs> all right, we can okay. move on from Thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> Three, the victor. Uh, we have been mentioning, like, what part... <laughs> What'd you do? <laughs> All I did was raise my eyebrows, and Kira just lost it. <laughs> Spoiled. No, you, you're allowed to say yeah. that. Cause it, as long as you don't mention oh, right, I guess you can. CF and MJ, we're good. Who's C? Wait, wait. Claire, Mockingjay. Uh, uh, yeah. Come on, get, the, with, get with the lingo. So. Oh my god, edit that out. Hey, we can't. Don't freak out. <laughs> don't freak out. I have that power. So, Peta's name escapes oh, her lips shit, before... Today. Oh my god. <laughs> This is this is gonna take like six hours. Woman, no, You're such good vocab. I think today. that the um, audience would like to know that Matt. Bang it out here, just bang I it out. I will put that as blooper. The bloopers will be ten Two. minutes long. Purplest. Okay. So. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. So. You've been glaring at me this whole time. I'm not. I'm zoning out. <laughs> well, pay attention, my friend. That was, that was we are live up. on air. <laughs> that was my cover up. Just look at me the whole time. Pita's leg is described as quote the deep inflamed gashing. Gash oozing both blood and pus. <laughs> Smell Sorry, that wasn't that was a funny right, quote, quote Your brother right. just looks ridiculous in those clothes what outside the window. Look, what is, what he, is he, he doing? Right, guys, guys, focus here. Thank you. I'm sorry, that just looks. He looks so cute. Yeah, he's he's what is he it's wearing? It's like grass. It's moss. He obviously can't rake anyway. It's moss. You can't like touch, rake moss. He, looks, he obviously <laughs> can't rake. What's that? He looks like he's dressed in like 18th century bum clothes. <laughs> hey, Jay Bear. Okay, so I'm gonna read this quote again. If you guys will just shut up. <laughs> Icy. Yeah. That's not how you spell dying. How do you spell dying? With a Y. That's what yeah. I thought. Whatever. Not with D I E I N G. When does that? Do? <laughs> oh my God, Kira. Okay. <laughs> All right. You <laughs> so, right. last night. Hey, I know I had. I saw you doing it last night. I, Next quote, no, let's go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Wait, why were you with Matt last night? I wasn't. <laughs> what? I okay. saw him on the Google Docs. I was uh, watching uh, over All right, him. this is a good one here. <laughs> hey, come on. So. <laughs> all right. You need to be nicer to Kira? Um, yeah, really. So like, nice my self-confidence like... is going so much down now. Oh, come on. Kira, I feel so like you're pretty every day. Do you? I do. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Kira, you just, you seem so nice and chill, and then, like, once you get to know you... It's, no, that's it's just told, math that annoys me. No, that's me what I told I, Kevin about you. I said, you're really shy when nice. people don't know you. Um, <laughs> do you remember episode six that I was on? And, like, seven. 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 And we did, like, a bunch of... We talked for, like, like, five minutes about 
this like pun of I don't want to be PC. That's not a pun, by the way. Like my mom listened to it. She's like, that's not a pun, Mariah. And I was like, oh, okay. Did anyone else pick up on like pita bread, pita bread, pita yeah. bread? Yeah. Ah! Did that one already, girl? What? No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? Oh, no. 